My nephew's there. Wait, hold the phone. Let's talk about this a little bit. You know, you can talk to the Lord. It's a dialogue. It's a relationship. He said, wait a minute. Are you going to destroy the righteous with the unrighteous? There's some righteous people in there. God said, really? He says, yeah, if I find 50, would you not destroy the city? God said, okay, yeah. Uh, for 50 people, no problem. He goes, uh, let me, t- peradventure, let me ask, how about 45? Can we, can we go with 45? God said, yes. He, and God never gets mad in this dialogue. And he keeps lowering it. How about 40? Okay. How about 35? Can we find 35? 30. Do I hear 20? Do I hear 10? <laughs> Finally, he gets it down to 10 because he figures, you know, uh, uh, his, his nephew Lot, there's four of them. At least they could have got six people to be, you know, holy. He couldn't find them. So guess what? He destroyed the city. But he still saved Lot and his family. But what did he tell Lot's wife? Don't look back. We're not supposed to look back at what we were and who we were. Forget about it. You know, we're moving right ahead. But she looked back, and guess what? She turned into a pillar of salt. So that's one case. Uh, here's another case. Let's see. Let's, let's go. Uh, do we do Abraham? There's a picture of Abraham there. Uh, 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 there he is. He says, uh, hey, you know, come on, Lord. Then there's another guy. Let's look at this one. Moses. We're going to find Moses, um, yeah, Moses, because God says, you know what? I'm tired of this people. We're going to look at that, the exact wordage. But he says, these people are wearing me out. You know, I want to disinherit them. I want to wipe them out with the plague, and I'm going to get you a new nation. And Moses said, but wait a minute. We'll read about that. He, he, he changed God's mind. Not really changed his mind, but he stood in the gap. He said, wait a minute. Let's talk about this. Here's another guy. Let's look at another person. Uh, here's Hezekiah. We're going to talk about him, too. God sent a prophet to him. He said, you know what? Your sickness is unto death. You're not going to live anymore. You know, collect your belongings, get your house in order, and you're going to die. And Hezekiah turns his face to the wall. He prays to God. And before the prophet even got out of the castle, God tells him, go on back there and tell him he's got 15 more years. What? Wait We'll talk about that later. Okay, here's another one. Uh, remember when Jesus was at the wedding? Mary said, can you, you know, they're out of wine. And he said, what's that got to do with me? I'm just here. I'm just, you know, it's not my time. And she didn't argue with him. She just said to the servants, whatever he tells you to do, go ahead and do it. What is that? Faith, believing in his compassion. Next one is, uh, remember, we're going to talk about this, the Canaanite woman, the Gentile woman. In Matthew 10, he tells his disciples, don't go in the way of the Gentiles. Go the way of the Jewish people. And he says, I want you to do that. And so all of a sudden, five chapters later, here comes the Gentile, and she petitions him, and we're going to see what happens. Okay, so let's go through these a little bit. And maybe you can learn some things. i got three principles that I want to show you, all right? (laughs) Okay, let's go to, okay. Numbers 14, Mr. Anthony. Now, God wanted to wipe out the children of Israel, not once, but twice. The first time is when they made a golden calf, because Moses wasn't around. They said, maybe this is the calf that took us out of Egypt. And when Moses came down, he was hot. He was mad. He told them, I want you to burn that calf, put it in the water, in the sea, and I want you to drink it. (laughs) That's pretty upset. You know, my mom... There's a story about my mom. His, uh, my cousin cussed one time, and he, he lives in New York. And so the, 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 the theory goes that she washed his mouth out with soap. 
Anybody have their mouth washed out? What's up, Danny? Was that last week or was it? No. Okay. <laughs> so all my cousins were afraid of my mom. When she came to visit, they go, oh, look out. Grandma Jenny's coming. Okay. So Moses, <laughs> tell him, you're going to drink this and, and just to let you know your punishment. And God brought a plague. I mean, he was mad at him. And then, so again, Moses had to intercede, said, you know, these are your people. What are you talking about? And God said, no, they're your people. No, they're your people. No, they're your people. And so then that was the first time. The second time is they sent spies into the promised land. They came back. They go, we can't do it. It's not going to work. These guys are too big, too strong. And God said, how long? Let's see what he says. The Lord said to Moses, how long will these people reject me? How long will they not believe me with all the signs which I have performed for them? Then what does he say? Uh, I will strike them with the pestilence and disinherit them, and I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. Isn't that something? And, and so what would you say to the Lord? Okay, well, let's, you know, got a new group of people. Let's start with them. No. Moses, <laughs> with his heart towards them, said, why should the Egyptians speak? And say, he brought them out to harm them, to kill them in the mountains and consume them from the face of the earth. So the Bible says he relented, he repented, he changed his mind. But actually, if you look that up, relented and repented means to be moved to pity, to have compassion. The Bible says the Lord has compassion on those that fear him. So the Lord said to Moses, how long will they reject me? He said, I'll strike him with a pestilence. And then Moses said, listen, you know, you can't do that. You know? Then they'll say, you weren't strong enough. You didn't have mercy that you just took them out to destroy them. And so then he goes like this. Uh, let me see the next slide, uh, Anthony. Okay. He said, now, if you kill these people as one man, then the nations which have heard of it, of your fame, will speak, saying, because the Lord was not able to bring this people to the land which he swore to them. Therefore, he killed them in the wilderness. And now, these are pretty good uh, arguments. Moses is saying, you're going to look bad, God. You're going to look like you took them out here and then you just wiped them out. That's not, that's not a good thing on your resume. These are pretty good arguments, aren't they? But then Moses says this, ready? And now, I pray thee, the power of the, the Lord be great. Just as you have spoken, the Lord is long-suffering and abundant in mercy, forgiven iniquity and transgressions. He says, pardon the iniquity of this people, I pray, according to the greatness of your mercy, as you have forgiven this people from Egypt even unto now. What's he saying? He's saying, you already said you're a God that's long-suffering and abundant in mercy. So he's speaking his word back to him. God, didn't you say? And so the Lord said, I have pardoned according to whose word? Moses' word. God said it. Moses spoke it back to him. said, did you not say you're long-suffering? Did you not say you're going to provide for me? Did you not say that you're going to heal my body? Didn't you make that promise to me? Didn't you tell me that I'll have peace in my family? I'm calling you on it. Amen? You ever have children that call you on it? Didn't you say you're going to give me a bike? Didn't you say that we're going to go to the park? Didn't you not say it? What can you say to that? God said, I have pardoned according to what you told me about what I said. You called me on it. Praise God. That's what we have to do. You look in the Bible. It says, by your stripes, I am healed. That's your promise to me, Lord. 
I'm standing on it. I'm believing. How long do you pray that? All day, every day, until it happens and not give up. All right. You getting excited now? All right. So first premise is pray God's word back to him. Don't be praying this, you know, make up in your own mind, you know, God, I've been serving you, you know, uh, God, you know, why aren't you going to heal me? No, say, Lord, you said, you said. Second guy is Hezekiah. Now, Hezekiah, he, he did things that were right in the sight of the Lord. He tore down the idols that were in the land. He brought up the temple to worship the Lord. He, he did everything, uh, he reversed everything that his father did that was wrong. And so he conquered the, the, the armies that were coming against him. He gave Israel victory in all that they did. He was a good guy. He ruled for 29 years, and he was good. Except, now, here's at the end of his life, he's sick. They don't say why he got sick. Sometimes we don't know why we get sick. Why me, Lord? Why am I sick? Sometimes it happens. So God says, in those days, Hezekiah was sick. No, one more. Yeah. Keep going. In those days... In your days, Hezekiah was sick near death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to, to him, Thus saith the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Pretty definite, isn't it? Pretty absolute. Isaiah, who always prophesied the right thing, comes and says, God told me you're going to die. What would you do? Oh, well, the Lord's will be done. Do we say that? No. He, what did he do in verse 2? Then he turned his face toward the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Remember me, O Lord, I pray. I have walked before you in truth with a loyal heart and have done what was good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Let's see him wipe. And he, uh, see, what he said, face to the wall. In other words, he isolated himself. He said, hey, get all the servants out of here. I don't want to be eating. I'm going to put my face to the wall and pray to God. I'm going to isolate myself. I'm going to speak to him heart to heart. That's what you have to do. You have to get into the spirit realm and receive what God has promised and make your appeal. Praise God. You know how to argue. You know how to present your case. <laughs> it's a dialogue with the Lord. You know, Here the Lord says you're going to die. Now you, he prays, and the, the, look at what he says. Then he turned, okay, and it happened before Isaiah had gone out into the middle of the court that the Lord, that the word of the Lord came to him saying, return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, thus saith the Lord, the God of of David, your father, I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears, surely I will heal you. On the third day you shall go to the house of the Lord, and I will add to you your days. Fifteen years, not a week, not a month, fifteen, that was a good prayer, huh? Woo-wee. 15 years. How many of you know sometimes you get a, a bad report from the doctor that says you're not going to live, you're not going to make it, you, you pack up your bags, you know. That's what they told Rudy, right? They told your wife, get, get his house in order, you know, make the funeral arrangements. We had the church all ready to go here. But, <laughs> but Gina said, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. She would come out of the parking lot when we're not even having church and be praying that God would uh, let him live and not die, even though the doctor's report said he was going to die. Whose report will you believe? I'll believe the report of the Lord. So 15 years. And you know what's interesting? 
His son was, the, was in the lineage of Joseph, uh, Jesus' stepfather, or, you know, the father of, that was raising him with Mary. Interesting, huh? Okay, now here we go. Matthew chapter 10, last story. Are you getting encouraged? First thing is, speak his word back to him. Talk to him about what he said. Don't make up your own prayer. Just pray what he said. I, I, I learned that in college. You know, they asked me, uh, read a book about Civil War, and, you know, and then they're going to give you a report. So they said, what caused the Civil War, and what are your thoughts on it? They didn't want my thoughts. They wanted me to write what was in the book. But I wrote, well, you know, it's kind of funny how that happened because it seems like they were at odds with each other and, uh, you know, there was kind of racial injustice and all this stuff. And I turned it in C minus. I go, what? That was, a good, that was a good report. What are you talking about? I had those good thoughts in there. And so my friend said, you know, they don't want to hear what you want, what you want to think. Put down what's in the book. Okay, good. All right. Next question. Next question. I forgot what it was. But <laughs> what do you think about World War I? Oh, I think that, and I just got the book, and I just copied out of the book. It says, okay, this was done because of the injustice of, okay. And I handed in A. I didn't even have to think. <laughs> just spit back what they stopped, what they wanted to hear. Okay. So speak his word back to him. Second thing is live your life for him. When you appeal to him, you got to have some good deeds behind you. I know when, when I was going through the uh, lymphoma cancer, and I said, Lord, uh, who's going to take care of the church? You need me here. Come on. Let's, you know, I've been doing It's taken me 13 years to get here. I'm not going to wipe. Don't wipe me out now. Bindi said, I finally found a pastor that I like, and now you're going to take him away? That ain't right. <laughs> Amen. But I would have missed a lot of things. I would have missed the Valentine's party last night if I was up there watching. Oh, I could have been down there. No. Live your life for him. That's pleasing unto him. It'll help you in your prayers. Okay, last, last uh, scenario. Uh, these are scenarios that you can learn from and see how God thinks. I know at, at my job, they used to bring scenarios. What if someone came in and had this situation? What if this? And then we'd have to figure out what it's supposed to be. So here we are. This is another scenario. Jesus in, in Matthew chapter 10. The 12, these 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them. What does command mean? I mean, you, you better do this, right? Do not go into the way of the Gentiles and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He said, it's not time to, for the Jews, to, I mean, for the Gentiles to be healed. Don't go there, right? This is his command. He's telling these guys. And then let's, let's look what happened in, in uh, Matthew chapter 15, just five chapters later. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan, she's a Gentile, came from that region and cried out to him, saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. She knew how to address them. Hallowed be thy name, O great one, O son of David. In the lineage of the king, he said, My daughter has, is severely demon-possessed. Have mercy on me. Right? And what did he do? Verse 23. 
He answered her not a word. He didn't pay any attention. That's like if somebody called me up and said, Pastor, could you come over and pray for me because I'm not feeling that well? Click. I mean, what kind of pastor is that? I'm sure. <laughs> if I walk out the door and people say, could you pray for me? Oh, yeah. And just keep walking. He answered her, not a word. Didn't even look at her. Okay? And so he answered, not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away. She's crying. She's making a scene, you know. Can't we just get rid of her? Tell her to go. Get out, you know, be warm, be filled, and be gone. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, that's not my assignment right now. I got to obey what my father's told me to do. I already told you guys, don't go into the way of the Gentiles. This is, this is cement. This is, you know, in, in stone. This is tablets written. Don't go to the Gentiles. But here he's, put, he's presented with something where this woman is crying out to him. Then she came. Then she, she stepped it up a little bit. Ready? Then she came and did what? There, there's power in worship. He said, okay, that didn't work on the mercy side. That didn't work because that's my daughter. How about if I just worship you? How about if I just tell you how great you are? How about if I just admire and and give my life and my heart to you? Let's see. Let's see. Do we have that picture of her doing that? I mean, she's bowing down, worshiping him. You know, sometimes you just get to that point where that's all you can do. All all your, your logic and all your words are not working. He answered, okay, let's go to the script again. In verse 26, but he answered and said, woman, it is not good to take the children's bread and to throw it to the little dogs. What did he call her? A dog. How far do you think that would go? And, you know, you know that would go on the internet, you know, look at the pastors calling her dog. And, but it says little dog. You know what that means? That means the little dogs that are in the courtyard of the king that run around the little yap yaps, you know. He said, don't they get the crumbs? He, she said, I don't need the whole meal. Just give me a little bit, just a crumb. That'll get me healed. And, and she said, but he asked, oh, it's not good for, to throw the bread to the little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And Jesus now received the mercy from the Lord and said to her, O oh, woman, Great is your faith. What was, what was her faith? Not that he could do it, but that he would do it. So I, I'm betting that you can't refuse me. I'm betting that your heart is so turned to me for my crying out to you that you can't refuse me. This is the way you have to plead. This is how you pray. Amen? You count on his compassion. You count on his mercy. <laughs> oh, Lord, I need mercy. Praise the Lord. And she said, uh, and he answered and said, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Isn't that amazing? So the three things that we have to remember that you can incorporate into your prayer life and get your heart right with the Lord first, speak his word back to him. You have to read his word to be able to speak it back to him, right? Say, Pastor Chuck, how did you find these three scriptures? Because I've been in trouble like these guys, <laughs> okay? I had to dig in there and find out, God, are you merciful? Are you going to forgive me? Are you going to overlook my iniquities? Yes. You speak his word back to him. You live your life 
for him. I'm continually trying to live my life for him each and every day. You know, you're not always perfect, but you're striving, right? Isn't that what David said? I press, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I have not attained, but yet I do not give up. And then count on his compassion, his mercy. You touch him, and there's mercy there. I know my dad was that way. He was so merciful to me. And this is my last story, and I'll, I'll close. But uh, my dad had dementia uh, towards the end of his life, and he had promised us that he would help us with a down payment on, the ho- on, on a house that we were looking for. He said, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of you. I'll give you a, a large sum of money. Praise the Lord. So we started looking and getting it all ready. And then just when we're ready to close, he goes, uh, I go, Dad, we're ready for the check. He goes, what check? I go, you know, the, the check that you, I don't recall. <laughs> Dementia, right? <laughs> ay, ay, ay. So this went on for a couple of weeks, and, and uh, uh, I, I kept reminding him, hey, Dad, you know, come on. You know, it's getting close. It's getting time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, son. Sorry. <laughs> that, he made a judgment. He said, no way. And so it got to the very last day when I needed the money. And I, he said, nope. And I said, okay. So I went out, started driving around, because I'd already given notice on the house that we were renting. So we were going to be out on the street. So I went around the neighborhood trying to find out if there's a house for rent. And I cried to the Lord from the depths of my soul, my heart. I said, Father God, help me. Help me, Jesus. And I got a call. Marianne called me about a half hour later. She says, oh, your dad said, come get the money. I went, what? What? How did that happen? My prayer went up to God, came down to him, right through his dementia, and he said, come get the money. We're living in the house now, and we're so thankful. Every time I walk around the house, I say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together today to hear wonderful truths from your word, how you want to bless us, take care of us, watch over us, and answer the prayers that we give to you. We thank you for all that you're doing, and we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, before Ron sings, I just want to tell you that we we ended a little early, so the youth and the children may be not finishing their lessons, so just kind of fellowship until they're done at 12, and then you can pick them up, okay? All right. Also, we have some lemons and uh, some uh, oranges in a basket for those of you that like natural food. Praise the Lord.